1: We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I am Liz Dolan here with my sister, Leanne Dolan at the Wondery Studios in West Hollywood, California. Leanne, you were saying as you walked in that you're going to have, now that we're coming to a studio, you have to upgrade your wardrobe.
0: I don't even have any clothes for this level of engagement. You know, I'm usually at home by myself or else I'm like out speaking at a luncheon. You know, I have like a lot of silk blouses and pants with, you know, buckles. (laughs) I don't I don't need that here. I have nothing in between. I got to work on that. I got to work on my outfits, Liz. All right. Well, we have a very special show today. Julie,
1: by the way, Urban Nana is on assignment. So we'll hear from her in one ad, but that's it. Julie, yeah, she's she,
0: in Brooklyn and... and she's doing she, her thing. <laughs> she she, 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 she said to think. us
1: this morning she had just taken her granddaughter to a feminist coffee shop for the morning. So. <laughs> so Life in Brooklyn, she is loving that. Anyway, we have a couple of things coming up in the future, not not on today's show, that we wanted to mention. First of all, you know, we have the big Stay Noisy event coming up on Sunday, March 18th at the Santa Monica Public Library. So it's a Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. For those of you that came to our event last year, you know that that theater at the Santa Monica Public Library is great. And we're going to have, it's Leon and I and other special guests, and it's like a panel discussion and group discussion about what you can do in your life to make change in our community because God knows we need it in all of our ways. So that's why our theme is Stay Noisy. We're going to talk about some of the things we've done in our lives where we think, okay, we're going to dig in and really speak up for ourselves now. So come to that Santa Monica event. And here's – we haven't announced previously – Following the event at the library, there will be a meetup at Esther's Wine Bar, which, again, if you came last year, it's directly across the parking lot from the library. So park once, go to two events. They're both free. (laughs) But I just want to ask this. Don't come only to the wine bar. Don't do okay, come we to... really need you to show up for the event at the library because we want to hear from you. Okay, so all of the information is on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Okay, that's not the group; the page under events. You will see the details, and it's Sunday, March eighteenth. Uh, we're really looking in the forward... afternoon, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. two o'clock in the afternoon. Two you o'clock. can do it. The, the... The Olympics will be over by then. You're available.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'd also like to remind people that reviews and ratings really help us. So if you're an Apple podcast or an Android listener, you know, please go ahead and rate and review Satellite Sisters. It helps people find our show. You know,
1: on the Facebook group, Gretchen Thank you so much. Gretchen organized a kind of review party. She reminded everyone that, like the new Apple podcast, it's super easy to read and review. So she's out there beating the drum for us, Leah. Shout out
0: to Gretchen. We are grateful, Gretchen. Gretchen. Thank Thank you. you. Also, the store, Liz, is it still exists. Yes. The store you created for the holidays, you know, there's a lot of events in the spring that you might need a You're the Best mug or call your Satellite Sisters, you know, phone cover. Uh, there are all kinds of showers and Mother's Day coming up, spring birthdays, all sorts of college reunions where you're getting together. All those items that we, we created for the Christmas store, well, that Liz created. Julie and I did nothing, but Liz created <laughs> everything. They're still at the Satellite Sisters store. Yes. Uh, the best place to find that. That is just where satellite you can sisters. either com? go to
1: satellitesisters.com and you click on shop in the upper right hand corner, or if you're on the Facebook page telling us you're going to come to the event, you can also see shop right there and you click through. And I would just like to remind you your friends have birthdays every month of the year, right? <laughs> That's a good you point. don't need to wait for a spot, there's always something coming up where you're going to want that you're the best coffee mug, so mm-hmm. you can check that out. One other special thing happening today is at the near the end of the show we are being joined by Shanna Compton Game. She is the host of Millennial Money. So this she's an award winning Millennial Financial Strategist, Leanne. And I know you're very excited about this because you're trying to get your millennials to develop a financial strategy. Yeah.
0: Well, we've <laughs> talked a lot about it to our credit as parents. Like we are talking about it, like how to get him off the family dole. Yeah. And onto his his own Financial plan we actually had a meeting with an accountant as yeah. well but I'm excited to talk to Shauna about what really successful strategies looks like both from the parent side and from the millennials side hey yeah. I'm not down on millennials No they I got know. a lot going on yeah you know so I, we want to we want to get some answers on that Yeah.
1: so Shauna's podcast on this is great her website is great and she's going to talk to us today so uh, so there you have it a lot then, going on.
0: Also on the show, Liz, of course, everyone wants an update on the dog. The dog, yes. (laughs) I have a lot of dog news, including rebranding the dog, (laughs) All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics. I have a new office, and I just want to encourage people to make a fresh start, get a new office. So I'm going to tell you about that uh, as well. Um, But once again, Liz, we have to start the show by talking about another terrible mass mass shooting. shooting. I know
1: listeners, you know how many times we have to say this out loud that we can't believe we have to say this again. It just is such a heartbreak. And this week, I just it struck me a little bit differently because I know that we have a member of our satellite sisterhood who is a member of the Parkland community and is a Parkland mom. And her name is Heather Hutchison. And if you are a member of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you know that Heather posts all the time. She's active. And yeah. Love hearing from her all the time. We love you, Heather, and we've just been thinking about you so much this week. You know, going back Heather and her husband actually came to Oregon to see us one time at like a school event that we were doing. You know, it was nuts. They yes. showed up
0: from Florida to <laughs> bend Oregon. That is not an easy trip.
1: Yes. So So Heather had been posting in the aftermath of the killings and I I reached out to her on email and just said, Heather, what do you want us to say to the Satellite Sisterhood? Like, we don't even know what to say anymore because we've had to talk about this so often. So she wrote back to me, and she has a job for you, Sisterhood. So that's what I want to tell you about. So she went back. She said, thank you, Liz. I so appreciate the thoughts. It's just been a heart-wrenching week, to say the least. Just surreal. Also, at the same time, I find incredible strength in our kids, in our community. For sure. Yeah. Leaving the vigil, I turned and looked at my daughter, who is a graduate of the high school, by the way. I, t- 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 my, I t- looked at my daughter and said, I, I don't know if it's because it's home, but this feels different. I'm praying that this country comes together and does something this time. I know that the kids here, mine included, will be forever changed by this tragedy. The shooter grew up two streets over from us. Wow. We were rated the safest city in Florida. It is mind-numbing to try and comprehend, and our little town is reeling. We delivered lunches to first responders Saturday as it was their first shift back after the shooting, and they literally looked shell-shocked. The ripples of this will be felt well beyond our neighborhood and for years to come. So... Here's one of the things that she's working on. When the students go back to class, which is next week, they're collecting letters from the community to support them. Uh so there are 3,000 kids uh That's at a big high school at, at Douglas. And what they're trying to get is a note for every single one of those kids so when they come back to school, they're handed a letter from someone saying we are thinking of you. So Heather That's has an amazing said,
0: project and it's, a fantastic idea.
1: It's amazing. Yep.
0: So Heather
1: has said, if you want to send a note, uh to her to be part of the these notes that will go to the the students at Douglas, you can write what you want to write, and you can email it to her at parklandmomneveragain at gmail dot com. It's parklandmomneveragain at gmail dot com, and we'll put this in the show notes, by the way, so um, you don't have to remember that. And I just wanted to give you a feel. So she also included in uh, her email back to me the, let- the letter that her daughter, Emily, wrote that is going to go in the packet that will go to one of the Stoneman Douglas students. And here are just a couple of excerpts from uh, her daughter's letter. I mean, just, my God. I know. So, d- so, dear Douglas student, my name is Emily and you don't know me, but I know you. I just think this is, I mean, but I know you. I graduated from Stoneman Douglas in 2015, only three years ago. I am now at the University of Florida, four hours from home, our shared home. I loved high school, but I loved our high school even more. Teachers like Mr. Jeter, Mr. Corr, Mrs. Edgar changed my entire life. And I know that you will have encountered your share of amazing, life-changing teachers, faculty members, and friends by the time you graduate. I just want to tell you that... Other than people currently at your school, you have 28 years worth of alumni all around the world behind you, hoping to build you up and support you to be the best you can be. I walked the same hallways that you walk now. I experienced puppy love and heartbreak and stress. And the greatest times with my friends. That is all that high school should be. We learned, we explored, we discovered ourselves in a safe environment. That is all that high school should be. And Emily goes on some more, but I think you get the feel for what she is trying to communicate to the other students there. So,
0: you know. That really is all high school should be. It is, of uh, course. Teachers, students, administrators should not worry about being killed when they go to school. Right. This isn't about politics or
1: left or right or red or blue. No, This is what high school should be. And this is the experience we want kids to have. So to Emily and so many of the others there, uh, of course, as Satellite Sisters, we would just say stay noisy. Yeah. It's incredibly inspirational it is. to hear you speaking up the way you have been. Right.
0: And they have every right to do that. And good for them. That email address is parklandmomneveragain.com if you want to send your Park letter, Mom never Parklandmomneveragain at, at, gmail. oh, at gmail.com. Oh, at com. Sorry. <clears throat> um you know, Liz, uh, to that end, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with my friend who was in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So my good college friend was there and uh, I can't even go into the details. She we sat down for the first time with her and she sort of took us through that night. What it was like. It was awful. Just awful. I won't even go into the details of what she experienced, um, but talk about life changing. And she said something that really got to me. Um, She said, you know, I I thought of those shootings and I would feel so bad for the families and the victims. But what I didn't realize was how many other people are affected by these shootings. Mm -hmm. She said, and now I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were thousands of people at that concert. Everyone was affected. Yeah. There are thousands of hotel workers in Las Vegas, the first responders. Imagine the nurses in the hospital know, with all those right. people. And we've seen this time and time again. And I think that's the ripples that Heather was talking about in her letter to us. And also maybe now why people, they can't be quiet anymore. They yeah. have to speak up because it is now Thousands and thousands and thousands of ripples and people that are affected in various circles. Like enough is enough. Right. This. And, you know,
1: as Emily and Heather both said, it's going to change them forever. Right. That's a lot of people changed, changed forever. forever. That- and and not for the good. Right. right. And right. my
0: friend said the same thing. And, you know, Emily and Heather were, they were in that community, but they weren't even there at that high school. So mm-hmm. imagine if you were there that right. day. Right. I mean, even just watching the news of those kids running out of that high school. You you I just couldn't can't, watch any of that. You can't, forget, admit, can, yeah. you can't forget the image of mm. that. So I I I just I just applaud those kids for speaking up. I hope they do stay noisy. And this is not the environment that high school kids and high school teachers right. and high school administrators should have to walk into every day. You shouldn't be afraid for your life in high school. In high school. High
1: school is bad enough, right? I I mean, (laughs) right. High school is hard. hard. No, I agree. So, uh, yes, stay noisy, next gen. What you are doing is an inspiration to us. And we just want to send out our best to, you know, all of those Douglas students, everyone who is standing by those Douglas students. And as you say, Leanne. Everyone, like, all over this country who has experienced one of these mass shootings and is just trying to, like, get over it and move on with their lives. So um, stay noisy. Um,
0: That's the best we're going to be able to do. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to switch topics. Lian
1: and Julie here. We are back and we are shifting gears here, uh, Leon. I haven't been by your place, but I did see that you tweeted out a photo uh, of your new office. Which you know, I mean, people should know you are you are not an organized person. So, okay. the, so the fact really
0: you are where you are going with this. no! no In the so... last ten years, I've written five books. <laughs> no, I know, know that's true. Like hundreds no, of okay, podcasts. Okay, I take it back. Really, t- you're no. going with I'm not organized.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks, Liz. Thanks a lot. I'm (laughs) just saying, I've never seen you this super excited about a physical organization scheme that just seems to have really inspired you.
0: That's what I needed, Liz. You know, for the last 10 years, for the bulk of the last 10 years, I have worked in my bedroom. Yeah. And when I say that, that is writing three novels, you know, editing in a book, writing regular columns, producing hundreds of podcasts. You're a highly in that productive time. person, Thank Thank you, just Liz. in case I didn't make that yeah, clear. Yeah, no, you didn't make that clear. Okay. <laughs> but I have worked in a small corner of the bedroom, yes. like with a desk, and then in my closet. It producing the podcast for 10 years, Liz, let's uh-huh. be clear. Yeah. And I just finished my third novel and I realized like, I am now spending 18 hours a day in a single room when my bedroom is, is a fine room, yeah. but it doesn't have a lot of daylight because it's a bedroom. Yeah. And I just was ready for a change. I was no longer motivated to... To go like upstairs and do anything. You know, I'd just be sitting like on the couch with my laptop. I'm like, this isn't a healthy work environment either. So it's clear to me now, my children are never coming home. That's fine. Yes. Brooks has moved out, he's gone. And so we had t- sort of turned his bedroom into a media room, you know, for the other son who's never coming home either. So, so I So you said, claimed that space. Well, I said to my husband, you know, maybe when we redo the floors, I'll just I'll move my office downstairs. Maybe I'll do that. And oh, that was just go time for my husband. That's you know, the way he rolls. Once I
1: mean, you, no, once he's on board, it's I, now.
0: I Saturday one Saturday morning, like three weeks ago, he woke up. He said, "Okay, let's do it. Let's move everything in the house so your office can be down there." And he he was unrelenting. Liz. He's he's unrelenting. I mean, literally every closet changed. Everything changed. It just did, it, it resulted in just all sorts of reorg. But now I have a nice big light room. I have a couch. You the couch you gave us, yeah, Liz. That's there. Nice. (laughs) Got my desk. We didn't have to buy any new furniture, but we did buy some new shades for the room, which was very exciting. Uh, thank you, shade store. And then we did. Uh, we bought some new rugs. We repainted. I have a blue and white, th- blue and white office. I didn't. He's tried to move in some old brown furniture. I said, "Get no, no. My office is blue and white. Don't you put that, that brown armoire in here? Let's leave it." So, and then I had to painfully go through all of my office supplies. And this is what reminded me of the satellite sisterhood because when we when Disney shut us down. Yes. Like when we left Disney. We were at
1: ABC Radio in a very nice office in a Disney building. Yeah,
0: but we were alone. We yeah. were like one tiny show in a <laughs> in a building full of Disney Channel people. Yeah. So no one really cared like what happened to our stuff. So remember, I took all the office supplies home. <laughs> Not cuz I was stealing them.
1: I think the statute of limitations has run out on yeah, that.
0: <laughs> it was just there was literally nowhere to put them. Yeah, like nobody no wanted, one them. wanted them. No one from ABC Radio was like confiscating stuff (laughs) he was like oh I don't know you might as well take them so I have the space heater that Janine our office manager ordered and I have Liz I have like what occurred to me now is I have literally a lifetime supply of post-its because I had so many post-its in the last 10 years I haven't even made a dent in the in the post-its and that kind of depressed me I'm like these are all the post-its I'll ever need for the rest of my life in this box, but
1: consider it a challenge. Just post,
0: post it up. Post it's just, it up. It's just really sort of made me face my own mortality. Like, <laughs> wow, this is it. I'm I'm also never going to need any more pushpins. Oh. I have <laughs> pushpins for the rest of my life, lifetime supply. And I don't know why I ever needed three three-hole punches, but I have those too. But so I really sort of had to face like, what is the future coming? How I, how much post it am I going to be doing? Do I need a whiteboard? What about this? What about that? So I'm actually pretty energized. So I would just suggest it to people. Clean slate, moving your office, changing things up a little bit. I mean, I know it's sort of a tried and true thing, uh-huh. but I'm very happy to be out of the closet. <laughs> I'm very happy to be out of the closet. Yeah. And out of my bedroom. And it also means I can spend more time with my dog because yes. you know my dog doesn't go upstairs. So <laughs> she so she would just sit at the bottom of the stairs for eight hours a day and look up at me while I was working. So she's super happy too. She sits under my desk. It's a whole new me, Liz. I'm excited. That's the
1: photo that you tweeted was Steffi, your German shepherd, yeah. sitting under your your newly organized office yeah. under your desk. Yeah, yeah. it looks yeah.
0: even better now. Got some matching rugs this weekend. I got a new corkboard, Liz. Expanded my cork board so I got a nice big cork board. What goes on the cork board? You know, all my doodads and, you know, polywoggles and things (laughs) like that. (laughs) My memory board. My memory board. Patty wax. Yeah. You have a memory board? Yeah.
1: You have a vision board? <laughs> no. What are you visioning?
0: <laughs> you know, it's just all those credentials that we've had from oh, years. Yeah. I put those up there pictures of me, us. Yeah. I got some Satellite Sisters memorabilia, those original buttons that say, oh, yeah. what, what would you rather win, an Oscar or a Nobel Prize? I got yeah. one of those on my board. So I'll take a picture of that. <laughs> I just—I would like to. Okay, so you're
1: encouraging everyone: clean, clean slate, clean slate, fresh start. Your workspace is—it is, it you does know, matter, yeah. you know.
0: And it's just gotten to be a downer. Yeah. And I spend a lot of time there. Who knows how productive I'll be now, Liz? Even if I'm okay. not organized. <laughs> well, I say that as a person who is also not
1: organized. So you know, it's not—that's not a judgment. It's just an observation. Well, that's very excitingly, and I am happy for you. Um, well, you know, the big change in my life. On last week's podcast episode, uh, I mentioned that I was rushing out because the dog rescue lady was coming to my home to approve me to adopt um, a little dog that I had met on the Sunday at a dog adoption fair. And it was touch and go, you know, I love these dog rescue people, but you never know what they're really looking for and what will make them happy. Like, could you ever possibly be a good enough dog owner to satisfy just the love they have for these dogs that they have saved? And, um, So she turned up and I passed. So I know there are many of you in the Facebook group that like all during the week and over the weekend, you were like, okay, so what's the latest? We're we're waiting. (laughs) So I passed and the dog who was named Hoover by the rescue organization became my dog. And it's been great. But I do need to admit that in the process, I had originally thought the name Hoover was super cute. Yeah. And I think it is kind of a cute name. But- after he was in my life for a couple of days, yeah. Leon, I just—he's super fun, super upbeat. They that's what they, that's s- they what, said yeah, in the ad. He's yes. an upbeat dog. He's very upbeat, and he, most of all, he's playful. Yeah, you know, playful. And so I was thinking, Hoover is not really a name that describes a playful dog. No. So he was a terrible president. <laughs> <laughs> and head of the FBI yeah, too. Also to just, not yes. that good at that. The only thing he does is Hoover up his food. Yeah. He definitely okay. does that. So we were we were romping and I was thinking, well, okay, I need to rebrand him. This is a Hoover is a downer. Yeah. Is there a name that starts with P for playful that would be good? Just as an inspiration, you know, you need a jumping off point for the brainstorming I was doing by myself with my dog, and I decided to use the P instead of the V. Leon, this was the this was the big idea. The breakthrough idea is he's now Hooper. Oh, it's (laughs) so cute! Isn't that a fun name? It's a fun name. Okay, that's because the whole thing about the name is you're going to say it a lot. A lot. So it needs to be fun for you to say. I don't care what it means to anyone,
0: right? But Hooper, yeah. All <laughs> already we're hooping it up, yeah. It's <laughs> good, going out for some hoops, yeah. yeah playing some hoops, Hoop yeah. Man, and it makes me laugh,
1: especially because he's got you know short little legs. So yeah, it's not. It's he's not exactly the jump man, you know. He's but anyway. So Hooper is the dog's name and uh so far so good. There are a couple of training issues we're going to have to work on and the the one who needs to be trained is me. Always. Because, yeah. That's because, always. Okay, number one Hooper is um is a chewer. Ferris never did that. So Hooper especially loves uh all the clothes I throw on the floor, yes, yeah, so uh, which I do. I may yeah. throw my clothes on the floor person, and Hooper is a chew the clothes on the floor <laughs> dog. so I'm going to have to like pull myself together yeah. and uh, not have my clothes laying all over the floor, so that's the number one retraining for me uh, number two, um I walk in the front door of my home and the first thing I do is kick off my shoes, which means there's a huge pile of shoes by the front door, yeah. Uh, and again, Hooper, chewer. Yeah. So he he started really digging into the shoe supply there by <laughs> the front door. So I'm going to have to retrain myself on like what I do with my footwear once I, you know, once I kick it off because you can't train them to okay, you can chew my flip-flops, but you can't no, chew my good right. shoes. It's it's an all-or-nothing-at-all it scenario, they right? Yeah. They
0: don't appreciate the monetary difference <laughs> between your your drugstore flip-flops and your yeah. good boots. Yeah. So
1: Hooper and I are going to have to work on that, me, mainly me. And then the third thing, and again, a lot of this is you think your new dog is going to be just like your old dog and have the same instincts. Well, you know, Ferris Ferris was the only dog on the whole planet who was just not interested in food. Right. Right. He just really didn't, I could put his food down. It could sit there. All day long at four hours. Yeah. I could, I could walk into like, I could put a plate of food down on my dining room table, go back into the kitchen, do a few more things and come back and sit and eat my dinner. Oh, not with the hoopster. (laughs) The other night, the other night, I put a plate of food down for some very nice chicken tikka masala I was enjoying (laughs) while I was watching the Olympics. So I put the chicken tikka masala on. (laughs) on the table. I go into the kitchen to get, I don't know, I needed like a knife or something. I come back, gone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So he's enjoying the Indian food. Apparently yeah. it's all food. Yeah, all, all food. So I'm going to have to uh, retrain. My, no leaving food alone out in the space that is it. He just jumped right up on the chair and had his snout in mm. that <laughs> in that nice chicken tikka mm, masala. Yummy. And that came as a surprise. So um, so yeah, So that that's where we are so far. The last thing that really is going to require some work, again, on both sides. There are, there are good people on both sides here. Yeah. The uh, separation anxiety. Okay. There's some um, some barking and some whining when I leave the home. So I looked this all up, and what they teach you to do is you have to – leave and come back, leave and come back, leave and come back a lot in the beginning so that they get used to the fact that you're always coming back. So I looked like a blithering idiot last week. If yeah. you had like actually <laughs> tracked my whereabouts, like I would be sitting at my desk for an hour and then I thought, oh, leave and come back. And I would just go outside for like 10 minutes, stand around, and then walk back in. And I did that a lot. I like I just, every time I thought about it, I'd leave and come back, leave and come back. So we seem to be getting a little bit better I'm putting him in my bedroom when I go, which is like a bedroom-bathroom area, uh, because I figure it smells the most like me. And that's what dogs want, right? They just want to know, are
0: you really there? So I'm working on that. I I don't know. I don't know what dogs want. I mean, yesterday, Stephie ate an entire box of Girl Scout cookies while I was gone. So I guess that's what she wanted, a box of Dosey-Dose.
1: So yeah, so the separation anxiety also affects me, though, because last night I went out with some friends and the whole time, all I could think about was, "Will he be okay?" I hope he's not <laughs> both okay for him and not barking so loudly that you know. I've discussed some of my yeah. neighbor issues in the past, so I certainly don't want to inflame no. any situations in the building, shall we say? So, th- so that's where we are. So we're we're hooping it up. We the dog's name is Hooper. It's been a week now. Super happy. He's uh. He's very upbeat and fun, and I am very excited to have Hooper in my life. So thank you for everyone in the Facebook group that uh, was wishing the best for me.
0: I passed the test, and it's Hooper and me. Here Fantastic, we go. Fantastic, Liz. That's great. It's great to have a little dog in your life. It is. It's great. It's great. All right. Um, we are getting ready to talk millennial money with Shauna. Yes. Uh, just a reminder, I am doing... Almost daily posts on the Olympics at the Facebook, at my Facebook page, Leon Dolan, and my author page. I got a little behind because I had other work to do and a birthday celebration last night. OK. And, oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yes. thanks <laughs> I did that. I did text you first thing in the morning. Yeah. Oh, right? text. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, only sister ringing in with a card. Only sister. Really? Oh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. She's on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, I, I'm not
1: even sure I have your mailing address. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would see you today.
0: All right. But well, here's what, here's all you need to know about the Olympics. We should all be Norwegian because they yes. just win everything. <laughs> Whatever they're doing, we should do yeah. over the next four years. Whatever that country is doing, we got to get on that, the Norwegian train. Yes. That's it. But you can go to Lee and Dolan at Facebook and follow along with my daily posts there. All right. We're going to take a break, hear from some sponsors, and then we're going to welcome Shauna from Millennial Money. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters, and so happy to welcome a guest into our studio. First, I like saying all those things, because I could <laughs> never have any guests in my closet. And <laughs> it's just so much easier here at the Wondery. Sunset Studios have guests. <laughs> Our guest is uh,
1: Shauna Compton Game. She is the host of a great podcast called Millennial Money. It's also a website. She's an award winning millennial financial strategist, certified financial planner, and author. And she talks about all kinds of pressing, burning money issues. So, Shauna, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. We're excited. Leon has some issues, and so we thought you would be We're the jumping part- right in with yes. this. Yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> Can I ask one thing about yeah. millennials, though? Though, why do you think they have such a bad rap? Like in terms of money and living in the basement. I mean, obviously, you are one. You're in touch with them. What would you want to say to people who
2: are just just negative on millennials all the time? Well, full disclosure here, I'm on the verge of Millennial Gen X. Okay. I flip both ways. Yeah. So I'm I'm on the older spectrum of of Millennial here. Yeah. But I think, you know, this is a really unique demographic that has grown up with technology. You Mm -hmm. know, everything has been done on their phone, everything is remote. They text, they don't call. You know, it's just it's a real kind of fast moving demographic. And so I think they expect the outside world, you know, once they get out of college, out of school, to, to be the same way, you know, to to instantly graduate into a $100,000 job. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to keep moving up and everything just to get better, you know, bigger house, bigger this, bigger car, bigger vacations. and uh, but, the, the, but the other side of that is this is also the generation that is really tapped into wanting to create social change. Yes. So mm-hmm. there's a real kind of interesting push and pull i think that goes along with this demographic but yeah you know you know what i think they get a bad rap and then i look at the millennials
1: in our family Lynn, your sons like uh, we have nieces and nephews yeah, we that's... also have
0: millennials on the, the older yeah. edge yeah. and the younger edge and
1: they are all awesome can i yeah. just say like the <laughs> reputation that millennials are slackers we have a super hard-working millennial generation in our family so i want to stick up for them too yeah yeah. I mean, they're not my millennials,
2: but they're millennials. Right. right. <laughs> there are millennials, right? Yeah. All
0: right. So I have a 22 year old son who just graduated from college and uh, he's going into a freelance career, which I know is its own issue. He's a photographer. Um, but I have this conversation every day with parents, of same age kids like how. What how soon can we get them off the 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 money train? You know <laughs> What is a reasonable expectation? And I know for some parents, it's the day you graduate, you're done. I put you through school, now you're on your own. But they have loans you know, we live in a very expensive market for housing. There's certain, you know, it's not easy to get a job. So when you think about it, Shauna, what is an actual reasonable expectation to get them off any kind of financial existence?
2: You know, I think the unfortunate answer is like asterisk mark. It depends. Yeah. Because it really does depend. You know, this is the generation with the largest amount of student loan debt. And, you know, the majority of you know, younger millennials will roll out of college with twenty, thirty thousand dollars plus of student loan debt without walking into a career where they're really even able to pay for that student loan debt, let alone anything else, let alone their car or their apartment or, you know, all the other stuff they like to do. And, you know, you you put that on top of, you know, not teaching a generation how to figure out anything with their money. And I think it creates So that's our
0: fault. We did that. Our parents, I mean I, us. As you parents. know,
2: I'm not sure whose fault it is. It's I think our it's fault. A, it's a, just so <laughs> we a, <laughs> did it. You know,
0: but our parents didn't teach right. us yeah. either. Yeah, so, so it's a whole. But it's harder
2: it just now. Keeps going, yeah, it is. It is. It's well. Harder.
1: That's why. That's why podcasts like yours are useful because they can hear the hard talk and it's not coming from their parents. Right. That's true. <laughs> that's true.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, I think that. Most, you know, this is this is a symptom of most any young people, but especially it's demographic, because, you know, if they live in a city like New York or L.A. or Chicago or Miami, you know, any of those cities, you know, you need a really good income just to live. You know, that's not we're not even talking about doing anything fun. So I think, you know, it's it's a it's a strategy of you know, teaching them about, you know, figuring out, like, what are your expenses? What do you absolutely have to pay? And then from that, okay, what are the things you'd like to do? Like, what do those things cost? And then let's work backwards into how much money, the reality, how much money do you actually make? You know, and I think showing especially younger millennials, you know, from the get go of let's just create a little schematic here and let's figure out, you know, what do we have to work with? You know, mm-hmm. like, let's look at the reality of the situation. Obviously, we got to pay the stuff that we got to pay. You mm-hmm. know, we got to pay our student loans, we got to pay our credit card payment or, you mm-hmm. know, all that sort of stuff. But then what's left over, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what can you do with that? You know, I guess.
1: And also understanding what your life really costs. Yes. That's the number one. Because when you mentioned, like, what do you do for fun? You know, that can get expensive yeah. and just all of the other things you don't think about,
0: your car insurance or all of that. It's the cell phone bill. Yeah. That gets really expensive.
1: So when you talk to your son about yeah. it, Leon, like are there particular like flashpoints or no, I mean, he's, more difficult? Parts? I have
0: to say my, my husband's family, as opposed to our family, my husband's family is very good about talking about money. It is yeah. not emotional. They're very straightforward dollars and cents. My husband is an econ major. He deals in dollars and cents every day. So they're not uptight or weird or there's not of The that. way we are. The way are, we are. There's no stigma. <laughs> it's, it's shocking to me, Liz, that families can have conversations about money where it doesn't get weird. So, But we did, you know, set him down. We already met with an accountant because he has a business structure. He may form an LLC. So some of it is taxed up. But we're slowly weeding him off. And, you know, I have been free freelance for a long time. So I'm trying to teach him the concept of pay the rent. Sometimes you just take the jobs to pay the rent. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, uh, this may not be a glamorous job, but this is you work X number of days a, a month, you paid the rent. OK, mm-hmm. now you can move on. So I think we're having pretty straightforward conversations with him, but it just takes a while to build up a freelance career. And it's not like he's walking into a job with the regular salary, but most kids are. But it's, it's that it's that rent. That's a real leap.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the statistics with the millennial generation are a big majority of them are entrepreneurial. They've had right. to go out yeah, right. whether they've had That's to or they've wanted forget to. That. People you know, forget and that. And so, you know, you don't have health insurance right. when you're entrepreneurial. You know, you you don't have a, a company match with your 401k. You don't have a lot of perks that you might have, you know, at a, a corporate job, let alone just the ability to move up in your income. So, you know, you really have to figure stuff out. And, you you know, you're right. The income can be all over the place. And sometimes it is just about can I pay my rent and can I pay my my student loan or whatever it may be, you know? And I I have to live without all the other mm-hmm. stuff, unfortunately. So flip to the
0: other side. What do millennials ask you about most when it comes to those first couple of years out of college and and trying to make it? Where Where are they sort of most shocked?
2: Uh, you know, the student loan thing is a big thing. So it's there's cute. a lot of they questions about, it yeah, I mean, like, how do I balance my student loans with... You know, wanting to buy a house or starting a family or, you know, how do I manage that? I get a lot of questions, too, because I talk very openly on my podcast about couples and money. You know, whether you're just dating in a relationship or you're married, you know, how in the world do you figure that out and still stay married? Mm -hmm. You know, I get a ton of questions along that line because I think there's no manual for that. You know, yeah. I, I think people already have all this stress and fear around money and then they get married and they bring that into the relationship and then you don't talk about it with your partner. And then, you know, everything just erupts and you almost can't back your way out of it, you know. And so so I, what know, do
1: you rec- like if you're dating someone, how soon do you start talking, <laughs> talking about issues like what, what should you be doing sort of? understanding your relative approaches to spending and budgeting, is it as simple as that, making sure that you're really open about that?
2: Yeah. And I think being able to have the freedom to have the conversation of, you know, and at least when you're dating, like, I don't have the income that you have or this is what I make. So this is what I'm comfortable spending when we go out on dates or, you know, when we're going on vacations. And I just can't go over that. But, you know, we've created a society where we don't really want to talk about money. You know, mm-hmm. um, we'll talk about politics now. You know, we'll talk about sex with our friends, but we don't go hang out with our girlfriends and talk about money or how over budget we are or anything like that. So there's the stigma. And then, you know, you've got two people who have their own um, thoughts and views on money and maybe how they're raised. They're bringing that into the relationship. And, um, you know, they're not talking about so they're bringing all of this into the relationship. And so I think it's just healthy to at least be able to have conversation about money in you know an open way where there isn't shame Mm
1: -hmm.
2: how do you do with that in the (laughs) beginning with your husband how did you get to the point
1: where you can now like you can do it now right yeah well you've been married for what 25 25 years years. it's taken me
0: a long time but again because he was so open and honest in the beginning i remember like our first conversations were how much money do you make because we were dating long distance yeah so well, not for long, because we only had seventeen day, days together, and then we got engaged. Wow! So, so expensive. Got engaged expensive in like three months. Shana. So expensive I mean, was... to date. We should just get married. <laughs> I mean, that'll seconds. be way cheaper, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he he was very he was very again very matter of fact about it. So yes. it makes me a lot more matter of fact about it. And I think we actually have passed that down to our kids, because my healthy. husband talks to them all the time. We used to make them. You know, if we were Beric was paying the bills, he, they would sit at the table with him, and he'd say, "Okay, here's how much our heating bill costs, just so you know, and here's how much this costs, and here's how much that costs." So it's it's a number. It's not it's not attached to any sort of emotion,
1: as opposed to Shauna, when we were growing up. Uh, it was a big family. There are eight kids in the family, and our mom and dad. And I remember, like the once a year where it would be tax time, where my father would have my mother. Soy- sign the joint tax return and he would put his thumb over the part of the return that had how much money he made. (laughs) So that was our training, not necessarily (laughs) the best. But that
2: still happens. I mean, that's still, you know, I mean, we still, you know, have a lot of listeners who are questions about, you know, they're hiding stuff from their spouse. And how do they even begin to have the conversation about that? So
1: what do you tell them to do in that? You mean if they have debt or if they have spending, the the secret spending that they're doing?
2: Yeah, both. It's the secret spending, too. But a lot of times it's debt, you know, credit card debt or something like that, that they're just they're really shameful about. There's a lot
0: of shame with that credit card debt. Yeah.
2: So I think it's just it's just about taking baby steps. You know, you maybe don't have to, like, pull the whole curtain open yeah. all at once, but just having slow conversations about it and entering it into uh, the relationship. And then, I, you know, the other person's responsibility is to be open as well to listening and realizing you're a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And shaming you is not going to make it feel any better. It's not going to mm-hmm. make the process go any better. So
1: so you're married. How did you work that out? Did you and your husband come together with similar views of money or did you have to find a place to talk about this and come to an agreement?
2: Yeah, so we were a little bit uh, behind the eight ball. I talk about this on the podcast. We both come from being divorced. Uh So we're second time married. And with that comes its own plethora of challenges. (laughs) That's Uh, a whole other podcast. That is a whole other (laughs) podcast. Yes. And so, you know, I'm a certified financial planner. So obviously when you get in a relationship with somebody like myself, (laughs) you know, you're probably going to talk about money more than you actually really want to talk about money. Yeah. You know, and so for us, it was it was from the beginning. It was like, okay, we're divorced. We come with this baggage. We come with this. Dead or you know whatever we're we're dealing with, and uh, but really I always try to tell people to focus on like what are your goals like what is it that you want your life to look like and then how do you bring that money piece along with it you know mm-hmm. rather than just that's focusing very slowly. simple but
0: that's really good that's my husband again has like five year plans ten year plans I'm like what <laughs> or a ten year plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you're saying. What are your goals? Do you want to own a house? Right. Do you want to do this? Do you want to kind retire? of what's the at 60? money for? Yeah, answer yeah. that right. question. Yeah, it's a, Yeah, cuz everybody's so smart so... and straightforward, Shauna. I can't believe <laughs> I it. I try. I try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, what is your goal with millennial money? Why did you feel like you wanted to start a podcast and a website about it?
2: Yeah, I actually just sort of fell into podcasting. Um, I teach financial literacy at a university here in L.A. Oh. And about three years ago, um, I said to my students, like, hey, you know, I want to I want to do more media projects with, you know, my money talks and the different things I write, what should I do? And they're like, oh, do a podcast. So I had no idea about podcasting at all, but started podcasting. And then, you know, we started to get listeners and featured on iTunes. And I thought, this is crazy. Like, we have listeners, you know, in 160 countries that are listening to me talk about money. That Isn't is that great? Predominantly, you know, a U.S. Basic uh-huh. some of the topics are, you know, prevalent to to the US, but just that people are that interested in having freedom around that. That subject and just having somebody, you know, I just try to be really honest and share the good stuff, the bad stuff and everything in between, because I think if we talk about all that, we realize how much more alike we are than different. And I think that might open the door for some people. But we cover all sorts of topics. You know, we sort of view this millennial thing as uh, a lifestyle, you know, so whether it's we have a day where we do travel or we'll interview um, different millennials who are doing cool things. We have a Michelin star chefs and musicians and authors and just all sorts of people to share their stories. And I think that just helps bring the audience together and, again, makes it palatable to talk about this this topic. That's right.
1: And it's not just about budgeting. It's really about what what life do you want your money to help make for yourself? Yes. And then how
2: do you build that roadmap to make that happen? You know, what does that look like? Well, thank
1: you so much for helping us. So far, so good. Yeah. We may need to have you back on some of those other <laughs> topics. We may need some counseling just for ourselves. Forget about those millennials. Hey,
2: I'm here for uh, you uh, anytime.
1: Like, you know, as you get later in life and you think, oh, my God, this money has to last for the rest of my life. That's when things get super
0: terrifying. So maybe next time, Shauna.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always
0: say to the 20-somethings, I always say the 20s are a great time to be poor. Yes. So, don't. I mean, like, it's not don't good too to much be, be poor in your 30s. That's not good. <laughs> or your 40s but in your 20s be poor be a little bit poor that's okay you know Embrace so it that's that's my motto
1: <laughs> <laughs> not a certified financial planner
0: no certainly not shauna thank you so much for being on satellite sisters and we'll have all the links in
1: our show notes of how you can listen to shauna's show and get to her website thank you for joining us
0: so here we are Leanne. we're wrapping it up we are uh Oh, we want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank Molecule, all right, the new air purifier that I think Julie's going to marry. Changing Julie's life. changing Julie's life. Okay. And Molecule is M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E, molecule.com. Promo code SISTERS. We want to thank Beachbody on Demand. If you want to try out that online streaming system, you want to text SISTERS to 303030 30 30 and then Thrive Market. Thank you, ThriveMarket.com. We really enjoy it. ThriveMarket.com, promo code SISTERS.
1: And we want to thank our engineer here in the studio, Sergio Enriquez. And remember, if you go to satellitesisters.com, all of our shows are there, like the complete archive, like whatever you want to find. They're like, 744 shows there I just actually had them numbered a couple of weeks ago did not do that by hand thought I needed to do that by hand but then found oh my god the computer can do that for me and uh, so you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts on Stitcher and Spotify I hope people I can see from the stats that some of you are starting to use the Spotify which is enjoyable anyway thanks so much for listening this week Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters don't forget call your Satellite Sister